What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Axe crew. And we got a show for y'all. We got a show for y'all. We got some AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game. We got Colin Sexton popping out. I mean, listen, we we were all about Sexland about two weeks ago, but apparently we don't even need to land no more. We just going to have a sex ed day because Colin was taking them to school. And... We got uh, the the Bucks having the first ever home game in a Super Bowl. But before we get to that, let me bring in my my top notch co host. One of one of one, they two. So actually, they they two of one. But you still get my point. Uh, we got Josh Guyton, the master, the mixer master in the building. Thank you, sir. I am here. We got the money man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen in the building. Happy and sad to be here today, man. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to just tell you, it, this is this day brings a lot of that for everyone. But we're going we're going to find out why some of us are sad a little bit later. Now, to start this thing off, we got the bus going to the Super Bowl. First ever home Super Bowl game. Do you think they'll be the favorites? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess at, at this point in the. Uh... In the playoffs, I kind of learned my lesson betting against Tom Brady. But I didn't think the Bills would make it this far. And according to how the game is looking right now, I'm not sure of the health of Patrick still, even though he was cleared. I'm still not 100% sure on his health. Um, at this point, why not? Tampa Bay going to take it all the way. I got Tampa Bay winning the Super Bowl. I'm claiming that right now. Wow. You disgust me, Josh. You disgust- <laughs> this, this friendship has taken some odd turns lately. Hey, First man. the meatloaf incident, now this. Brady the goat, man. Wow. 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 Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm not even going to have that conversation today because I'm just, I'm protecting my peace in 2021. Chris, <laughs> Chris, the, the betting man of the group, are, do you have the Patriots as the favorites? Because Casey got down 9-0. Patriots. Hey, Hold on. He I'm the sorry, Bucks not time. the Patriots, the Bucks. <laughs> do you have the Bucks as the favorite in the Super Bowl? <sighs> okay, this is why I'm kind of happy and sad today, man, because, you know, early in the year, you know, the Steelers had me on my high horse. I was smelling myself. The I was waking up in the morning like, <laughs> you know, I was waking up in the morning like, oh, the Steelers won. I don't have to go to work today type type of, type of, type of atmosphere. <laughs> but I was still mm-hmm. going to work. I was still going to work. But I said to somebody at work, I'm like, you know, this is our year. It got to be. It's no Patriots. You know, the Steelers' biggest kryptonite was always running to Tom Brady and the Patriots. And now Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, so my feeling, it's like I can't get away from Tom Brady. I, I just can't get away from Tom Brady. Like, oh, man. But anyway, um, I don't know. Contrary to the belief of what Guyton talking about, Patrick Mahomes, like, 24, 25, yes, I think sir. he'll be all right. I think he'll be all right. Because you got to remember, it's a week in between the conference championship game and yeah, the true, Super Bowl because they do the Pro Bowl. So mm-hmm. I think I think he's going to be straight. And I think the Chiefs repeat. Has there been many football teams to repeat? Uh, there there have not been as many as basketball. But, yes, there have been some football teams to go back to. No, I know it has <laughs> been some. <laughs> basketball is about six teams that won in the past 30 years. That's what I'm saying. And basketball, if you win one, that second one is it's bound to be – not too far behind. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I know that, but I know it's been teams. I, I just don't think it's. I, don't, I think it's rare in football that it happens. It's extremely rare in baseball, but it's it's rare in football as well. 
Oh, for but, sure. For sure. But that being said, the odds probably going to be stacked in more in favor of Brady. And if it's a close game, I don't know who wins it. Patrick Mahomes has won close games, but Brady always wins close games. Like, if you got Brady at quarterback in a close game, nine times out of ten, Brady going to pull it out. But today his defense pulled it out for him, though. I'm gonna, We get into that later, but I, I honestly think Honestly, think that the Chiefs should win it all. I- I'm gonna go against Brady one last time. If I get my feelings hurt, I'll be wrong all postseason anyway. So I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I-, I feel that. I feel that. I I still have the Chiefs as my favorite. I think that, as always, uh, the the guy that everybody thinks is all thinks very highly of in Tom Brady was once again bailed out. Um, the pass interference at the end was very interesting to me, not because it wasn't pass interference. Yes, it was, for sure. But the refs were letting the defensive backs get away with extremely physical play the entire game. They let, uh, the on the Aaron Rodgers interception, a very blatant either pass interference or hold. It was up to the refs' discretion to wish to call. They let the, the Bucks get away with that no call. And for whatever reason, at the end of the game, that's where you make that call. In basketball, they say you got to swallow your whistle. In football, put that gun back in the holster. Put that flag back <laughs> on your hip. Put it back on your hip. Do not pull the trigger on that. It is the end of the game. Either the playmakers make the play or it's, it, it just is what it is. The ball didn't even look all that catchable to say, like, yeah, he was definitely going to catch that without that pass interference. It just – part of me was like, oh, Packers on the wrong side of a questionable call. This is, this is new. You know what, guy? No, no, you should, you shouldn't be like that, guy. Because I mean, Gibbs, because you picked the Packers, so you should have been mad. You should, you oh, wanted you your know. pick to be right. I was, I, I was mad. I was mad. But at the same time, like, it was a lose lose slash win win for me. Either way, somebody or a team that I did not like was going to lose. Either way. <laughs> one way, Tom Brady was going to lose. Which is, you know, uh, what just what a time. The other way, it was going to be a, a loss against uh, a loss against the Packers, who have been, you know, my sworn enemy ever since I've been born. Ooh, that was an easy pick just dropped by a Chiefs player there. But anyway, long story short, I, I don't have the, the Bucks as my favorite because, again, they have not shown me that at the quarterback position, they can do, Tom Brady can do what, it needs, what needs to be done to play at a high level in the big games. He hasn't. He hasn't at all so far this season. He's played poorly against every playoff team in the regular season. And in the playoffs, he has played pitifully. He's just been number one. He played the Washington football team. Come on now. Come on now. Number two, he played against a Drew Brees that could not throw the ball over 20 yards downfield. They had to bring in Jameis J. Boo Winston to throw the only (laughs) deep ball of the game. And then this game, again, they got bailed out by one of the most flagrant calls that I've seen considering the context of that game in a while. That It's not as bad as the Alex Hitchens no call uh, against the Lions, but it's pretty bad. So they're not my favorites. Uh, but with that being said, does this solidify Brady as the GOAT to you? Does this just add to his resume or is he not the GOAT to you? I mean, I thought Tom Brady was the GOAT years ago. I mean, this this really? nothing but... Yeah, he's been the GOAT. 
Was it after the Atlanta or before the Atlanta? Because that's when be- I started be- thinking. Before like, okay. Atlanta. Before uh, Atlanta, I already yeah. thought he was the GOAT. You know what? Call me Shaquille O'Neal Jr. Because I'm hate, 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 <laughs> hate, hate, hate. I mean, the, the man is 43. He just took a team to the Super Bowl. Where at the beginning of the team, like, professional analysts was calling this man washed, and they didn't know if the Buccaneers would make the playoffs. But but here's the thing. And, again, this is, this is my very simple question here. You look at that team. What tells you they weren't going to make the playoffs? What tells you that? Like, I get it. You're right. There were professional analysts saying, like, oh, this Bucks team may not have enough, whatever the case may be. Look at this team as it is currently assembled. And you're telling me that this isn't good enough to be in the upper half. Because now that's all you need to qualify for the playoffs with right. the expanded playoffs. Just be in the upper half of your conference. You've got Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. O.J. Howard, he got injured early in the season, but O.J. Howard was still a weapon when he was healthy. Grom, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. I mean, I think that I think that's a hell of a team, but at the same time, but wait, that's not even talking about the defense. (laughs) Right, the thick neck horse riding boy Devin White. All he does is make tackles and make big plays. That's literally all the man does. Levante David, same thing, and Dominican Sue. Vita Vea, like, what are we, why are we pretending like, and and here's the thing that I find so interesting about these conversations for me, because I know that I posed the question, but this is why I always find these things interesting. People say that, oh, a game like this just pads his resume. How? You didn't, he didn't win this game. Oh, well, this playoff run pads his resume. How? Look, here, here, here's the, here's the reason why, though. It's um the reason why is because we we have this show called Facts Over Acts because we want to talk about the context of sports over people just googling things and forming their conclusions about sports or their opinions about sports just Absolutely. from Google searches as opposed to knowing the context of situations. Bro, and can we and speak on that for a sec? Go go right like, ahead. <laughs> I, I like where you're going, guy, because it gets on my last nerve uh-huh. when people when people sit up there and just look at the stats. Just stats yep. is only sixty percent of it, bro. You, I give you a perfect player for example, yeah, Marcus really Smart for the. Okay, hold on. That that's oh, the opposite of where too. I was going. Oh, okay. that's the opposite where I was going. But uh, I mean, they, for, they they're opposite sides of the same spectrum. Right, right, right. Sides of the same spectrum. I'm, I'm gonna get an argument for Marcus Smart. You get an argue, argument for Wiggins uh, for our audience. But Marcus Smart, I give an argument for Draymond. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, that's another okay, one. Bet, yeah. bet, 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 bet. But for my argument for Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart averages as a career maybe thirteen five and six as a career. But Marcus Smart is the key reason the Celtics are in the top three seeds every time. He's oh, def- yeah. deflects the ball. He leads the leagues in charges. He he's a hustle scrappy player. He's everything that people give credit to Pat Beverly. He's everything that we 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 worship Pat Beverly for. That's yep. what Marcus Smart does. Marcus Smart will guard a power forward. He can guard a center with his body mass. I, like I wouldn't advise it, but yes, I wouldn't yeah. advise it. But he he does when he switches onto a center. It's not all in the end of the world. It's not fish case, food. I got you. Right. It's, it's not, not. It's not, not fish like, food. Oh, yeah, that's not. Right. I, I wouldn't advise. No. No. That's not my number one option on the center. But Marcus Smart never backs down for the number one option. He 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 dies football. His hustle is unmatched. And he's the reason. He's the. I think he the glue in the Celtics. Like he's the reason why they stay afloat these last couple of years. Yeah. For sure. I get that. I get that. 
I get that. I, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, when I when I look at Brady again, like you said, the context, context of I've already talked to Nazim about the fact that Matt Castle stepped in and had 11 and five record. I've already talked mm-hmm. about that. I've already talked about all the weapons that he has at his disposal uh, in Tampa, but also the context of look at this playoff run. You had a Washington team with Taylor Heineke as a starting quarterback. Taylor Heineke. Okay, sure. That's not bad enough. Defense <laughs> for, defense forced seven turnovers in the last two games. I beg your pardon? What what quarterback that is worth his weight in dog crap could not win with that? In the playoffs now, we're not talking about they forced seven turnovers against the Lions and against the Jaguars. We're talking the playoffs. Seven turnovers. You what like what more can anybody ask for? And yet and still somehow wins our quarterback stat. And it's and another thing I find interesting about the wins as a quarterback stat thing, and I'm gonna end my tangent right here. But the the, the other thing that I find funny about wins as a quarterback stat, they are selectively given as a quarterback stat. Because when it comes to Tom Brady's accomplishments, most of them are team accomplishments. When it comes to Lamar Jackson, for some reason, the wins become part of the system. The wins become, oh, the defense. Baltimore does play a good brand of defense. They have built their reputation on defense. That's not who they are anymore. They're, they're not a, a – the Ray Lewis ain't walking through that door. Okay? <laughs> right. Tony Saragusa – Chris McAllister, they're not walking through that door. This is not that. This is not that. So, that, you know, that's just my little tangent on that. But I'm going to let but, it go. I'm going to let I'm, it go. I'm, let me just put this in there because we understand that the context matters. But in a grand scheme of sports and most conversations that you hear when it comes to the GOAT conversation, um, people are starting to play, you know, people are starting to change the narrative on things that we've seen in sports two, three years ago. So 10 years from now when people are having this conversation. Oh, for sure. The context sure. of the game isn't going to matter. All you're going to know is Tom Brady was 43 and made a Super Bowl. Yeah. If you're a quarterback on a team, you're automatically the leader of that team unless it's very specific situations to where you know the quarterback is due to and he didn't get him to that team. He didn't get him to where they were going. <coughs> Broncos so, last Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but even with that, that people going to remember what? Peyton went out right. on top. Because it's you Peyton were, Manning. He was in a group project, did none of the work, and took all the credit. He yep. did none of the work and took all the credit. Because I'm, it's Peyton Manning. So 10 years from now, when we listen to when we're talking about the GOAT conversation, even though I believe Tom Brady is the GOAT, and um, <clears throat> this this game didn't necessarily have an impact on it because I already thought that he was GOAT, and I don't think this like added or subtracted anything because he's on a hell of a team. But when people are talking about this, all they're going to see in 10 years is that Tom Brady was 43 and they made the Super Bowl. We already oh. have people changing narratives on Super Bowls and NBA Finals that we saw in the past five years. All I'm gonna say is this: Tuck Rule, beyond Tuck Rule, we got uh, what was that young man's name? D Ford, offsides. Yep. And behind that, we have this pass interference call. I mean, I mean, ser- seriously though, Tom Brady is the luckiest quarterback ever, but at the same time. I don't know who else you can throw in that conversation. He still accomplished much more than anybody. Even with all the luck that he's had, he still accomplished much more than any other person but I could think that, of. Because GOAT isn't just skill. He's not the most skilled that's, quarterback. That's my, that's, my, that's my whole argument here. 
the greatest of all time at what is the question? Because if we're talking about, oh, you're the greatest of all time at winning, well, well then that's a different conversation. That, I mean, that's the objective of sports. About, if you're talking about, but that, but see, and here's here's my problem with that. Yes, the goal is to win. Sure. The GOAT to me is who helps their team win the most and the best. I don't think that Tom Brady helps his team win the most and better than anybody else. The teams that Tom Brady has played on have always had the pieces around him for some reason diminished just to make him look good and cute, and it's it's a little sad to me. So I mean, why, I think that's the case with any superstar, like any GOAT-level player ever. I think that's the case. If you're on that team, your role is going to get diminished in the, in the grand scheme of, a, of any conversation. But when people, it comes to the, so, so Kareem, Kareem is in the GOAT conversation of basketball, yes? Yes. For most people, most, ba- most basketball fans would say Kareem is in the GOAT conversation. People don't forget how good Magic was. People don't forget how good Oscar Robinson was in saying, hey, this is who he is. People don't all of a sudden say, oh, D-Wade was Buns because he played with Oh, Bosch wasn't nothing but a, a, a spot-up four. I don't know, it. bro. I don't know. I mean, if you you got to depend on – you got to think about who you're talking to, though. Because if you fair. talk to somebody that's 20 years old, bro, a lot of them calling both D-Wade and Chris Bosch Buns. I, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. Anybody that calls both of them buns, I have lost. You have lost my respect. And again, <laughs> listen, 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 listen. The, the narrative behind Bosch, I could, I could see why they, uh, somebody young that never seen Bosch play would. But if they ever say anything like that about Wade, like bro, people are having now. conversations about James Harden being better than Dwayne Wade. These are current conversations that are being that are that are being told. I don't so think let me, James. Let me, James, listen, uh, I, I never thought I'd see the day that I found myself quoting uh, Michael Jordan, but stop it. Get some help. <laughs> Get some help. If you find yourself, say, Dwayne Wade is arguably the third best shooting guard of all time. He is. Uh, well, okay, I give him that. I give him that. I'm just saying. Who would something. you? I mean, I only, I got Kobe and MJ over, and that's it. Yeah, that's, my that's first, it. no Kobe other argument. That's it. That's it. That's it. Depending on depending on who you consider to be, uh, actually, you know what? No, nobody else can really make a claim. Yeah. No. So he's the third best shooting guard ever. Right? The only one you probably can is Allen Iverson, but he no, he, he don't have a no. ring. He don't really have as much accolades as Way has. But I mean, you can't blame AI for not having a ring. And again, see, this is what I mean. Uh, in basketball, it's less than football, but this is why I say football, we got to take into consideration some of these things, like Corey Dillon being one of the best backs of the 2000s, probably one of the more underrated players of all time. Ty Law, Hall of Fame cornerback. Rodney Harrison, Hall of Fame safety. Junior Seau, Hall of Fame outside linebacker. Willie McGinnis, Hall of Fame outside linebacker. Vince Wilfork, Hall of Fame nose guard. We can pretend... We can pretend like I just did not rattle off. And that's just defensive, by the way. Yeah. Five, six Hall of Famers that Brady played with. We can pretend like I can't do that. But no other – what other quarterback has had that type of talent for that prolonged of, of a time? If we even look at the defense right now for the Patriots, if you count – if you include the opt-outs from this year, Dante Hightower has been one of the best Mike linebackers in the NFL for about 10 years now. Patrick Chung, a very quality, strong safety. Like, what are we? McCourty, one of the best free safeties in the game. Stephen Gilmore, defensive player of the year last year. What are we talking about with this? Oh, it's a quarterback is a win stat. It's a win stat for certain QBs, and then other QBs 
Oh, it's it's the system. But you know what? <laughs> I'm tired of talking about this. So we're gonna we're gonna push the conversation forward if that's all right with y'all. Cause cause all this talk that I just wanna put it to bed. Like Conor McGregor got put to bed last night. <laughs> Dustin uh Poirier Poirier? Poirier. I'm I'm sorry, Mr. Poirier. Don't come for me next, man. I'm I'm gonna just let you know you're in the UFC. I'm gonna return with my strap as Sodom would say. <laughs> I ain't finna put no pause up with you, man. But anywho. Uh, Conor McGregor, he, you know, they say, Ha Ha Davis will say he he got some he got some ambient in that glove, big fella, because Conor McGregor took an early nap in the second round. And let me ask y'all this: mm-hmm. recently, um, uh, what's the gentleman's name that's always getting beat up by John Bones Jones? Uh, Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame that that's what why do we describe that him that way <laughs> it's really a shame but anywho uh daniel corbier said that conor mcgregor is one of the more underrated fighters in ufc history josh you are our fighting Big connoisseur it, oh, okay go explain why that's capped to me okay you have to think of the context of what the ufc was when conor mcgregor rose to stardom it's really, I really look at it uh, as two eras of UFC. Is the early UFC going into like uh, their their suspension because they couldn't get the right licensing, and then coming back and having all of these huge stars that made a lot of people fall in love with the UFC. I know that you guys aren't like the biggest UFC fans; you don't catch every event. But if I start rattling off household names from the mid to late two thousands, you would be like, "That's my guy, Rampage Jackson." Rashad Evans, mm-hmm. Chuck Liddell, yeah. Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture, Anderson Silva, BJ Penn, George St. Pierre. That was like the golden era of UFC. When these cool. older guys started to get phased out, there wasn't really like a budding star or anything in the UFC. And then Conor McGregor came along and he was a very talented striker, but he was knocking out guys because he was in a fairly he was he was in a division that had just been diminished because it wasn't a lot of great fighters in that division at the time. He wasn't fighting a lot of talented fighters. If I'm being if I'm being honest, I mean everybody in the UFC is talented, but he wasn't fighting the best fighters. He, the he UFC wasn't fighting had, names. He wasn't fighting the Rampage Jackson in his class. Right. His weight. Class. I mean it's it's different weight class, but see he wasn't fighting BJ Penn. Right. Is right. is. So the UFC is now kind of revitalized where you have a lot of these like mega talented dudes coming in right now. And, and now getting whooped on left and right. Exactly. And and honestly, he talks so much and he bigged himself up so much that people think that he's more talented or he's a more talented fighter than he really is. He talked himself up so much to the point where, uh, um, I'm sorry, I believe it's Nick Diaz. It's one of the Diaz brothers. Whooped on McGregor the first time, and in a rematch, they said McGregor won by decision. In my opinion, I don't think the close the fight was even close, but this fight took place right before McGregor Mayweather. So you can't have your marquee star taking a loss in the UFC right before he goes over to have a boxing match. It hurts the box. It hurts the box office for the box. Right, match. right. Yeah. So I I just think Conor McGregor is he talks a big game. I think he's always been a very overrated fighter. He has a decent strike game. When you take that much time off, your jaw isn't going to be the same. And he never fought another world-class striker. And anytime he's in a position where it's, where it's somebody that's multi-dimensional inside of the octagon, he's taking an L. Yikes. Hey, Yikes. hey. Audience, I don't know about y'all, but I need we need to get guys some more space to talk MMA. That was his passion right there. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was absolutely. Man, I just learned. I just learned something. He was on that well. He was. He was. Oh, I was ready man. to start playing the organ. I was ready to start playing the organ. I, I will. I will say this. I will say this. One thing that I I really have always found very interesting about UFC is like how wins and losses work. Like how like you could be sixteen and four, and people are like, "Oh, he's one of the greatest of all time." Like in any yeah. other sport, sixteen and four people are like, okay, like I don't. I mean, I, it also depends on the context, though. Uh, like records, it's, it's a big learning curve in, in in MMA. So if you look at a lot of people who had, you know, get, approaching double digit losses on their career, um, for example, you could take Anderson Silva when he was fairly new in MMA. He took like four or five straight L's in a row in different, you know, organizations, different things like that. But when he came to UFC, he was so well seasoned, he rattled off like 20 wins in a row. So if you look at his record, you see that he's the champ and he's 20 and six. You're like, damn, that that record is not impressive. But you got to think of what their journey was getting into the sport because it's a large, it's a large learning curve. Hmm. Rampage okay. Jackson was getting knocked out in Japan. Then he came over to UFC and was sleeping people 10 fights in a row. So you look at Rampage Jackson record and it's like um, he's 15 and 10. And you like, he's not that good. But you got to think he was over there. It's killers in Japan. You allowed to kick people in the top of the head in Japan and slam people and knee them while they're on the ground. So Six it's, to 12 it's, elbows. Totally. Right. Or 12. Right. Six, 12 <laughs> so if you know what I'm saying, if Rampage Jackson getting, getting knocked out and he's, you know, eight and eight over in Japan and come over here and win 10 fights in a row. He's a hell of a fighter, but it's just that what that learning curve was before you was able to get to the big stage. I feel that. I feel that. Uh, I I will say this about McGregor. I I think that it's it's very, I think it's very interesting that he's allowed to be as brash and all that as he is, and people are debating how good he is or is not. Like that's mm-hmm. very interesting to me. That is super interesting to me. Also. We need to know Daniel Cormier for reasons outside of getting beat up by John Bones Jones. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay. But it, this is this is why I don't know. Daniel Cormier is is a great fighter, but I can't really put him in I can't really hold him in high regard as most people do because John Jones has held the light heavyweight division hostage since we've been in high school. Lord John Jones won a hostage. champion. John Jones has won the UFC Light Heavyweight Championship in 2011. My lord. And hasn't okay. letting it go. He's beat Shogun Hua. He's beat Rashad Evans. He beat um, Lyoto Machida. He beat Rampage Jackson. He's beat everybody that's in his way. The only losses on his record is because he knocked someone out. And they, yeah, yep. they said it was an illegal elbow. Yeah. John Jones hasn't been touched. So even though Daniel Cormier is an extremely talented fighter, that's like if... Um, by some miracle, LeBron failed a drug test and was gone from the NBA for a year. And then Giannis won two straight rings, and then he came back and got swept by LeBron. Giannis wasn't really—I mean, he was—he was—he was babysitting the league while somebody else that was really the king was gone. He was the champ, but he wasn't the true champ. He wasn't the right. people's champ. That's unfortunate. That's, I mean, you that's say really things is a rivalry. DC and John Jones got a rivalry, but if John Jones three and zero against DC, it's like it's not really a rivalry. It's no rivalry it's there. Not, if you get whooped on every time. It's not a rivalry, okay? Especially if you don't got no, like, if you got hundreds of years of history, it's different. But, you know, I, <laughs> that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate that we remember him this way, but shout out to John Jones. Anywho, um, like we already talked about earlier in the show, John Jones giving out, uh, giving out lessons on how to box, how to strike, 
how to do everything in the ring. And Colin Sexton giving out lessons on how to score. They're giving out yeah. lessons on how to win since now, I guess, winning is an individual thing. Uh, <laughs> Colin Sexton gets himself two huge Ws. I'm joking. The Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Nets back-to-back. Back. However, Colin Sexton did score 42-25 and 25 on consecutive nights. Also averaged double-digit assists. Is this a big deal or is this not a big deal? Does this change your opinion of the Nets? Um, It does not change my opinion on the Nets at all. I think the Nets are going to be a very good team. <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me. Uh, I think the Nets are going to be a very good team. I think they have the potential for championship aspirations in the future, just not this season. Um, I do think this is a result of people overreacting. I don't think that the Nets are going to make the finals. They just don't have the defense for it yet. I think it's a few things they have to adjust. But... Hey, man, they're they they, targeting tra- JaVale McGee in trades. <laughs> that, okay, that would make a big difference. Um, not really. Not, they're, come on, man. <laughs> they're, they have Kyrie Irving. They have Kevin Durant. They have James Harden. Mm-hmm. That's going to be enough to win you games. I think the thing where people overreact is basketball is a chemistry sport. When LeBron mm-hmm. joined Miami, they didn't start off too hot. When KD joined Golden State, 73-9 and nine team, they didn't start off too hot. Um, when Clyde Drexler joined the Rockets in the 90s, they were a fifth seed, and they ended up winning a championship because they started off the season very slow and got hot at the end of the year. When you have that much talent on the team, they're going to figure out a way to win. That, but but they, that team was also very old. Like Clyde needed some. Ice <laughs> yeah, they, they was up, but they he, they found a way to win. They were talented. They had two thousand Bengay about twenty games in the season. He wasn't well. <laughs> he, I'm joking. I'm they, joking. They, they was watching, but they they pulled way out. Um, they if you look did. at 2013, even though that group only played seven games together and they were super old, the team that Kobe was on with with Artez, Dwight. Uh, Gasol and Nash, they only played seven games together, but in those seven games, they were 7-0. and no. If you have that much talent, you're going to figure out a way to win. Right. Um, The issue lies here when it comes to playoff time, they don't have the interior presence, and getting rid of Jared Allen was a huge mistake. So I think it's going to bite them in the butt long term, and I don't think that they're going to just run straight to the finals like everybody is I, thinking. I, I, I wouldn't say huge mistake, though, guy, because think about it. What if else you have to away? I'm right. If you have yeah, to, if you yeah, have yeah. to, if you want Harden, you got to give up right, right. everything. Maybe, maybe huge mistake wasn't the right thing, but I think I think it's going to bite them in the butt later if they're looking to win this season because I just don't think they're going to have the defense for it to get it done this year. But the fact that a team that's already been, you know, somewhat hot, Cleveland has had some decent games this year. But and Cleveland's then, been hurt all year. Cleveland's been hurt all year before this game, pretty much. Yeah, but they, they've, they've, Cleveland is not a bad team this season. They've not been hurt. They, yeah, I'm so right. They, this, is, this is a team that has all chemistry. Right, you're pushing it. You're pushing it with that. Okay. Right. <laughs> this, this is a team that has chemistry, and they're playing a team which is basically like a brand new team. Every super team that we've seen over the course of the past 20 or some odd years has struggled in their first few games together. I'm going to tell you this. The Cavs are getting their heads beat in by the Pacers right. I mean, by the uh, Celtics right now, right? But yeah. the fact of the matter is, if the playoffs started tomorrow, Cleveland would be a six seed. I'm not saying they win. I'm not saying they win a series. I'm saying you got you got Miami, Toronto, and Orlando outside of the playoffs right now. So you saying three of them teams not going to make a jump? 
Okay, three of them make a jump, right? Sure. Wait, wait, wait. I don't think all three of them are making a jump. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the only one that you could say for sh- two, you could say possibly won't make it is Toronto or Orlando. I know Miami makes it. That's what I'm saying. My, I think Miami is going to figure it out. They gonna, But Miami is trying to make that, that huge turnaround. I mean, that very short turnaround with way less talent, immensely less talent than the Lakers. Like, let's just be honest. Well, also, and they had a COVID outbreak amongst the team. So, they like, Jimmy Butler missed six games. Uh, half the team was out for, like, two weeks. Exactly. So, I, I think that they'll figure it out. I think that they, they will find a way to make it work. But with that being said, the Raptors have shown me nothing to say, like, oh, this is temporary. They'll, they'll figure it out. They've shown me nothing. They have shown me absolutely nothing to believe that. Pascal Siakam has been disappointing on top of disappointing, under disappointing so far this season. <laughs> Kyle Lowry, we all knew what Kyle Lowry was. We all knew he's not the guy. Hey, he's I'm a Kyle Lowry stand. Not not as a number one option, but I That's think Kyle Lowry is an underrated point guard. He is a, he's, a, he's a, a really good second or third offensive option who will do the dirty work. And it's not too many second options that are willing to do the dirty work. He is. He is. So that's that's where I would give him his credit. He's not a first option. He's not the guy you roll the ball out to. Hey, Kyle, we need a bucket, bro. Um, so I'm going to need you to do this tonight and every night for the next two weeks. Kyle going to look at you like, I beg your damn part. <laughs> I, who do you, Sir, I, I got three good appearances in the playoffs. That's it. That's all and that's it. But anywho, uh, so... Chris, does this change? Do these two losses to the Cavs change your opinion on the Nets at all? What you thinking? Uh, not really, because KD didn't play one of the games, and also James Harden took off his fat suit and hopped out there with no practice, no nothing. So I mean, um, I think I think it's a lot of overactive, but I do think Kyrie's comments was he shouldn't have made the comments he did. After and then followed it up with another close game against a scrubby team yesterday. So I'm gonna read the audience the quote that Kyrie did. Let me pull it up real quick. Kyrie basically went to the social media as he's known to do. We will be on that stage, the stage where the best of the best meet. You know, the main stage where those who can do and those who cannot talk about those that are doing. If you're rolling with us, great, let's rock. If you're not, you want to know, you want to talk about our greatness anyway. That's what Kyrie said. So to me, that looks like Kyrie just, oh, man, this made it work. But that makes it like Kyrie just went online and pouted and said, leave me alone, we (laughs) lost. And to make matters worse, while I just paused like that, KD is in the comments right here. It says, speak speak on it, king, with exclamation point. So these, oh, (laughs) man. You know who Kyrie is. Yeah, that was crazy. Y'all, y'all ever, y'all ever, uh, dated a chick that's like, that's like very non-communicative, and you trying to figure out what's wrong, you trying to do the right thing, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. It's nothing, 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 and then you like, all right, cool, and then you go on Twitter a half hour later, and it's a paragraph. Oh, we the, the thread, <laughs> the thread. How to deal with emotionally immature men. <laughs> That's Kyrie. What are you on? <laughs> Y'all not giving up emphasis to Kevin Durant says speak on it, King. Like, listen, that's, like, that's, that's, that's her girls. That's her girls in the comment. <laughs> <laughs> that's her here's, girls with the quote tweets, bro. Here's here's the thing. Here's all right. So I'm just I'm gonna just ask this again. 
when I asked, does this change your opinion on the team? I was the one who thought the least highly of this Nets assemblage to begin with. I still stand by that. I still stand by that. This team, again, y'all told your mechanic, hey, um, everything else is good with my car. I just I just uh, need somebody who's good with brakes and struts. And your mechanic looked at you like, listen, I could put more power in your engine. That's about it. <laughs> like, this team did not need more scoring. That's not what they needed. This team is going to be – congratulations. You've already got Steve Nash. Congratulations. Y'all are Suns East. Like, that's what y'all are. Y'all are going to put up a lot of points. Y'all are going to have a lot of fun highlights. It's going to be a lot of obscene numbers that the league may not have seen before. But guess what y'all are going to get beyond that? L after L after L after L in the playoffs. Because, again, this is not sustainable. You are counting on injury-prone Kyrie to get it done in the playoffs. You are counting on a seven-footer that has had foot problem after foot problem to be healthy in the playoffs. You are counting on James Harden to not be in Magic City during the playoffs. Yeah, all right. I believe all three of those things will happen. I do. (laughs) I do. Look at me. You can see how much I believe. Don't worry. We'll be streaming Facts Over Acts pretty soon here. You'll be able to see my facial expression because I believe you. I really do. Uh, But, yeah, this team – they added more horsepower, and the brakes and struts are still bad. The rotors are shot. But they got, they, they can go fast. They can go really fast. They can put up numbers. I mean, I'm sorry, but this team is not assembled to win the championship. They're just not there. They're not there without a lot of defense. That's just what that is. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not changing that. They're still not my favorite in the East. And, and let me ask you this. Are people doing too much overreaction because of these Cav losses, or is it like, mm, nah? People are finally they're they're properly giving the weight to this, or is it like, eh, this is y'all? Are- I, I put it to you like this: the way they lost the first game, like right. all yeah. three of your star players played fifty minutes, and y'all couldn't figure it out. Like that's fifty minutes of practice when you go against a team where their best right. player is Drummond or Sexton, depending on who you talk to. Like, you know what I'm saying? That, that's practice. You got guys like Larry Nance playing 45 minutes in that game. You know what I'm saying? Like, no knock on Larry Nance. He's a, fun, a, a, a great player, a young talent in the league, one of Guyton's favorites because he was a Laker boy. But right. I, I, I'm i just saying, like, when you got three all-NBA players and you go against the Cavs, that, I would be happy if that was my first game with James Hart, you know? But what did he go out there and do? Doink, doink, doink the second game when no KD. I don't even think <laughs> Harden barely, barely. The first game he played, just Harden and KD tripled up. Fantastic. Everybody was like, oh, the Nets are going to be scary. The Nets are going to be scary. Kyrie comes back. Harden, KD, and Kyrie have slightly good games, but Harden was the lesser of the three. Then no KD, Kyrie, and uh, Harden play. Kyrie goes bananas. Thirty, I think he had 38. Don't quote me on that, though. I don't know exactly. He had, he had over 30, though. And Harden just had, like, 12 and 7 or something like that 12 5 and 7 or something like that it's just like i don't think they really know what their offense is going to be let alone their defense i honestly think if i train for six months straight on basketball technique i can go average 10 against the nets like they aren't guarding anybody let me tell you at all i have never been a hooper i'll be the first person to tell you i'm not a hooper me you (laughs) and guyton could easily put up 15 on these nets Easily. <laughs> just by hitting the, the LaMelo ball cherry pick. Just stand at half court, wait for them to miss one. You'll be all right. 
We could get fifteen on them. All right, we get about twelve in half court. We get about twelve. I think I think gotten good for a couple in the corner. And, oh yeah, I'm and, getting you, know you them corner threes. That's what I'm saying. I think got good for a couple in the corner. Chris, you can do a little shaking the bacon. I'll set some hard ass picks. But with that being said, with that being said, honestly and truly, this this Nets team could not stop. They couldn't stop a cold with Robitussin, the cure for the common cold, <laughs> uh, and nasal strips and tissue. Bro, like Seti Osman had 25-7-7. and seven. Again, Seti Osman. Terrible. I, I honestly, again, I honestly don't think that people's reaction to these games are an overreaction because, again, it's finally putting in perspective for people what I was saying, which everybody ignored and said I was a hater for saying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. By the way, a, a clerk at uh, a clerk at uh, CVS said I look like Shaq the other day. I was very offended, but you know that's another story. Man, somebody on my stream last night said I like Damon Wayans, bro. I almost banned him from the wow. channel. Wow. <laughs> Report reason abuse. Hey, you Report know I would have abuse. a lot of jokes if we was on stream right now. If we were streaming this part, I would have. So I would. Ooh, y'all would have Man. to mute me. That, you, know, me. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You know what? You know another thing that I would like to mute, but I can't. Matt Stafford wants out of Detroit. It's so I mean. hard <laughs> to say goodbye <laughs> to what we had. I just, I, I'm devastated by this. You mad? Um, you mad? He ain't with the bite kneecaps off. You mad about that? We're, we're gonna bite it. We're gonna bite your kneecaps off, and we're gonna get up, and you're gonna hit us again, and and, and we're gonna get back up, and we're, we're gonna take another <laughs> chunk out of you. Pretty soon, we're gonna be the only one left standing because you have no toes, kneecaps, and half your scrotum's gone. All right, that's just that's just what it is. No, but seriously. Um, so Stafford wants out. What do y'all think would be the best potential landing spots for him? And is he the difference between a champion or no? A champion and like a, eh, they were on the verge, just didn't make the playoffs. Um, so I always had faith in Matt Stafford. I just think that he he's had teams that he's could have taken to the next level. But I think one thing the, the the Lions are cursed, and then another thing, um, some things just didn't work out. But I think that he's an exceptional quarterback, and I think in the right position he could lead a team to a championship. So. Um, a few team, uh, the, the team that comes to mind to me, the fastest is, um, the Jets. I'm not saying they're going to win right away. The Jets are awful, but if you give, um, Stafford a couple years, which I think he has in him. I mean, we're talking about quarterbacks in the 2020s, the 2010s, he can play for another few years at his highest level. If you go mm-hmm. to an organization like the Jets, to where um, they always don't have the worst picks. I mean, the last few years they've been run awfully. But they're also proved that they're willing to spend money. I think they can get Stafford enough valuable weapons in order to win some playoff games. I'm trying to look at this realistic because I don't think Stafford is held as in high regard around the league to other organizations than he is to Lions fans. So I'm trying to think of somebody that's willing to give up the necessary pieces that the Lions are going to ask for in order to get Stafford, and the Jets is the first team that comes to mind. Honestly, honestly, I think the Lions are only going to ask for draft picks because in getting rid of Stafford, I think you're admitting we're in for a rebuild. We are not trying to – we have no hopes of winning right now. Which is not, not bad, but what what team do you know that's willing to give up multiple picks for Matt Stafford? 
with the exception of a team like the Jets? I think I think the Saints would happily do it. I think the Saints would happily do it. Imagine a world where you don't have to call in Jameis Winston and call up trick plays to throw the ball 30 yards. <laughs> Can That's you imagine true. it? That's true. Imagine it with that you, makes Saints us, That makes Close the Saints your eyes. tough. Close your eyes, Saints fans. And, and, and you, we're still going to imagine that we're, we're still in the pandemic. Everything else in life is still the same. Bourbon Street still closed. All right? This, it, all that is still over with. But you got a quarterback that can throw the ball 50 yards on a rope without thinking twice about it. I think they take it. I think they take it. Chris, potential landing spots for Matt Stafford. And is he the difference between missing the playoffs and champion, or is he the difference between like, eh, they were all they they made the playoffs but didn't make none shake at the champion? Depends on the division. If he goes to the NFC least, oh for sure. That team is a uh a, a scary team now. Like like they're bad, but they're they're a scary team because you got a quarterback that can because Believe when Dak went down, I don't think it was one quarterback in the NFC East that was notable. Was it? I mean, you're not wrong. No, you're not wrong. So if Other he than, went to uh, Alex Smith with the bionic leg, maybe if he went to the Redskins, I mean, Washington football team, I'm sorry, Washington football team, I think they, they've become a way better team. But the team that I think that has the pieces to get them. The Texans, the Texans have, they're knocking at the door where they could say, hey, Deshaun Watson wants out, Stafford wants out. Let's do the swap. Okay, now wait a minute. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you they something. They're going to they're gonna have to give us some picks, though. Don't you like, give my hopes going. up like that. Don't you give my hopes up like <laughs> hey, that. Hey, yeah, I'm with don't that. You? I'm with that. Oh, God. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, we. Like, that's Ooh-wee. just my hot take. I look at it like both quarterbacks not happy. They both are eventually going to be making the same amount. So you're going to have to pay Stafford or Watson. You can give a lot of draft picks up for Watson because you ain't going to need him for a while because you're going to have Stafford. Maybe J.J. Watt decides to stay now that you have Stafford. I'm just saying the Texans are in position to go get him if they want. Uh, so let me tell you something. The Cowboys already decided they're going to re-sign that. Matt Stafford is from Highland Park, Texas, which is basically a suburb of Dallas, more or less. With that being yeah. said, if he went there, that would be a huge, a huge deal for them. But the Cowboys, as I've already said, they not seen the championship till Jerry Jones sees his maker. So we can go ahead and rule that out. The Texans is an option I didn't even think about. I'm not even gonna yeah. lie to you. I have not even thought. Woo wee! If they give us Deshaun Watson, oh my lord, oh my Jesus, Lord, <laughs> Lord, I, 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 I yeah, know. I- we deserve that. Detroit deserves that after twenty twenty. I was hoping that the I I was hoping that the Steelers was able to you know work something out where they trade for him because we got a lot of young players outside of our receiver core that I'm willing to give up. But the thing is, we just signed uh, Haskins, so I don't think we're gonna even try to go get him now. But I mean, but my the only other team I can see that got the pieces to get Stafford is the Texans because they got a quarterback, a young quarterback that's a rising star that wants out, and they got a lot of draft capital that they not gonna need if they get Stafford. So for sure. For sure. Uh, I, I really, again, I really believe, like Guy said, he is a lot better than the rest of the fan base or NFL fans would think he is. I'm going to just say that. I'm gonna just, When you talk to many quarterbacks around the league and I ask them who they think the most underrated quarterback is, a name that continuously pops up, Matt Stafford. Aaron Rodgers said that he's literally in awe of the thing that Matt Stafford could do with his arm over the years, and it just was no problem. 
Now, this is Aaron Rodgers, the guy that I believe is the best quarterback of all time. Anybody who can overcome Mike McCarthy and still win the Super Bowl, child, you see what Mike McCarthy doing down there in Dallas. Y'all see that he done ran that franchise into the ground in three <laughs> months flat. He took them from on the brink of the playoffs to like, eh, we kind of trash now. The <laughs> NFC East is worse than it's ever been. We're still not really going to win it, but, you know. Like, with, with that in mind, all I'm saying is, at the end of the day, Matt Stafford, to me, if we look at this Buccaneers team as a perfect example, they're literally, they literally were just a good quarterback away. And if you ask me right now, it, and I'm talking about right now, present moment. Is Matt Stafford better than Tom Brady? Absolutely. Absolutely. Matt Stafford would not throw the three interceptions that Tom Brady threw today. No way under God's green earth. Matt Stafford, if his defense gives him four turnovers, he's going to do the same things that Brady has done, if not better. Yep. If you give him seven turnovers in two playoff games, he's, he'll do the same things. If you give him – when we had – a, a good receiving core, 5,000 yards. One of the first to ever do it when we had a good receiving core. No running game, by the way. Matt Stafford has a 90% win percentage when uh, the Lions allow less than 20 points. Surprise, the Lions allow a lot more than 20 very often. <laughs> like, I don't think people realize how good that win percentage is. That's not just like, oh, every quarterback is supposed to win when you allow less than 20. Not the case. Eli Manning has, I want to say, five or six playoff losses when his team allowed under 20. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. No, no. Let me rephrase that. I'm, I, I got that statistic wrong. No Giants defense in a playoff game that Eli has played in has ever allowed over 20. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, um, there, that's just a little food for thought for you. But I, I'm, I definitely think wherever he goes – a championship will follow if they have just the slightest modicum of pieces. Okay, now I was going to uh, add this before we end the, before we end the segment, just to see what y'all think. Although I want to see Cam be successful wherever he goes, how would you feel about Stafford in New England? Again, Stafford in New England, and, and I hate this year because this year is making me defend the Patriots. I feel <laughs> gross about that. That that New England team. I refuse. Had, I'm not doing it. That New England team had more starters opt out than the than all actually yeah than almost the entire rest of the league combined. Yeah. Like they, we're we talking about oh this team looked bad this team looked awful all this good stuff. This team had more opt outs than anybody else and a quarterback that caught COVID in the middle of the season and still mustered out five six wins. Yeah. I am telling you, if Matt Stafford goes there, those opt-outs come back, even if they are a year older, that, that team is going to be dangerous. That team is going to be dangerous. Dangerous enough to beat Pat Mahomes and crew? I don't know about that. You would be, excuse me, you would be counting on the Super Bowl, back-to-back Super Bowl malaise setting in. But honestly and truly, that would be a dangerous team. Don't give Bill Belichick a quarterback who can throw the ball. Don't give him that. Don't give yeah. them that because it, it, it's it's scary hours for that. It's real scary hours for that. But anywho, uh, we're going to go ahead and, and keep it right along, keep it pushing right along here. Um, by the way, one last thing about this, and we're going to keep it pushing. 
Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia are the worst GM and coach combo in the history of Detroit <laughs> sports history. I want to hear nothing about that. I don't want to hear any argument. Just some names that they ran off for you real quick. Quandre Diggs, Darius Slay, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. Like, these guys, I don't think y'all understand. I don't think y'all understand. The Eagles' best offensive and defensive player were both Lions three months ago. Yep. Like, what are we? We also, this Lions team, uh, Matt, Matt Patricia is supposed to be a defensive guru. This Lions team is statistically the worst of all time on defense. Allow more yards than any other team in NFL history. Ever? Ever. Good Lord. Ever. <laughs> Ever. So, again, oh, but 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 Jim Caldwell couldn't beat the Bengals that one time when we needed him to win, so he's he's awful, too, yep. I guess. I mean, whatever. Also, so we're going to, like I said earlier, you know, the lady in the store called me Shaq. I, I've been doing a lot of hating lately. I feel like Shaq. And, and Shaq been feeling like Shaq. He been he been shacking out because <laughs> you know he uh, after in a post game interview with Donovan Mitchell, he goes on to tell Donovan, "Hey, I said that you couldn't make it to the next level. I said that you had another level that you just couldn't reach. I said that because I wanted you here. You played great today. How you feel? Now that was met with a lot of pushback, a lot of anger from a lot of current players. Let me ask you this." Is Shaq Wait, pause, 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 pause. I didn't know Shaq said all that. I thought he said, I, you know, Shaq talk, mumble talk. But who says something like that to somebody after they have a great game? Like, you just can't say good game? You just can't say good game? <laughs> he said, He said. I said it. I said it out loud. I wanted you to hear it. You went out there and played great tonight. That's what he said. That I, I kid you not. Okay, carry on. I just, so, I just, so with that being said, Mr. Kendrick Perkins carry on over there. Uh, so with that being said, is Shaq now moving into the territory of hater? And what do y'all think is the difference between him and other greats that speak about the current players? That's like, all right, Shaq, you, you wildin', bro. Cool out. Okay. So one old, older player, even though Shaq has the right to say whatever you want to with Shaq, older players need to, to let it go. The league is different. Um, Player, players are not going to be as responsive to things that you said because they, like, admire you growing up. If you think about it, a lot of these players don't care what Shaq got to say. I, th- I think they understand how great Shaq is. But at the same time, Donovan Mitchell was, what, 24? Yeah. Donovan Mitchell was 24. He played baseball yep. growing up. So let's say he wasn't, like, largely into basketball. By the, th- by the time Donovan Mitchell probably got into basketball, Shaq's prime was over. So that respect that a student of the game would have for Shaq may not be in Donovan Mitchell. At the same time, um, if he does look up to these players and he's excited to do this post-game interview, because even though they've been a great team the past uh, three, four years, you don't see the Jazz on primetime television that often during the regular season. So if you're having a great game... And um, let's say it's 10 years from now or whatever. And uh, I know y'all love LeBron. Let's say y'all had a great game of LeBron doing a post-game interview. And you like, damn, we barely get on TV. I just hooped my ass off. I had 35 and 5. I'm about to go talk to Brian. And then the first thing that Brian got to say is, uh, yeah, I don't think you could reach the next level. Uh, I, you know, you know, that, mm. 
You painted a tough picture. I ain't gonna lie. You painted a p- tough picture. <laughs> right. I mean, like, how, how are you supposed to? How are you supposed to to process that information? You probably and you know like, what the, the the craziest part to me. Donovan Mitchell did not care at all. Bro was like, <laughs> right. All right. I mean, is is he supposed to care though? All right. I, yeah, well, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Chris is 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 Shaq mentioned over in the hater territory? And, and if he is, thing. what's the difference between him and all the other old heads? Here's my thing. You know who does a really good job at being a whole head that sends shots but don't cross the line when they send shots? Who? And I know he's a horrible, horrible commentator, but he does a good job. Reggie Miller to me. Okay. He's somebody, he's somebody that, I mean, I don't like him commentating because he goes all over the place when he commentates. It makes it hard to focus on the game, some of the stuff he says. But just like when Steph passed them up on the three-point con- uh, three total, Reggie Miller was he was like, I'm upset about it, man. I wish I played in this era. But he congratulated Steph. He wasn't, you know, Shaq went when um what's the name? When Brian passed Shaq, he broke a hole in the wall. He was throwing stuff. He threw a temper tantrum. Like, Wait, literally, you did us? Like Shaq threw something across the room. You look you look it up on YouTube. Shaq getting mad because LeBron passed him in all time points. He <laughs> threw a temper tantrum. Oh my god! Like, like, like! Come on, man! Like, records are made to be broken. Like, be happy for them. Keep it going. Like, I just, Shaq, Shaq, you got the right to to talk about scrubs. Like, I'm all for Shaq than a fool, but you're going too far where you saying stuff on purpose so they hear you. Like, you don't know mental mental health is a serious thing in 2021. You, you gotta you let know the, you gotta let the game go. Right, you gotta just say, okay, you had a good game. Um, here's some things I think you should do to make it to the next level. You can say stuff like that. But Shaq is just on a mission to de- deliberately hurt their feelings. Like, he's going I mean, out and, his way. And all you had to do was, if you watched the whole interview, immediately after that, Kenny Smith cleaned it up for him and said, this is what we were talking about on the show, and we feel as if you got another level that you can reach. And Donovan Mitchell was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And I feel like um, just for the betterment of basketball in general, it's Shaq's responsibility to to be smart enough to – use that same kind of language when talking to younger players like it's literally no benefit to regardless of you know if you think you were able to dominate this era or how you feel about today's game you're not playing in today's game so it's literally no benefit to you scolding younger players absolutely absolutely you know last week i said that i was with it or was it two weeks ago either way i said i was with it i like to hear more from the old heads and all that however Shaq is starting to cross a line now because that was just like what's the point like like, Donovan Mitchell doesn't deserve that. Donovan Mitchell does not deserve that at all. And here's the biggest thing, because, again, we had a whole segment called Gibbs is Wrong. It was there for a reason. I am not shy about admitting my shortcomings. Whenever I'm introduced to new information, I process it, add it into my new thoughts. With that being said, one of the things that somebody at told me that I never even thought about as far as this Shaq thing is concerned they said Kobe used to run down players just as bad, if not worse, than Shaq when he was alive. I'm like, word. They're like, yeah. But the difference was you would see Kobe every summer working with these young dudes. Shaq yeah. goes off to be a cop every summer. And I'm like, well, <clears throat> you're not wrong. You're honestly and truly not wrong at all there. So yeah, with, that's that's facts. I low key ain't think about it like that either. With, with that being said, again, I I'm a wholehearted, I'm a wholehearted believer of uh, if you love the game, if you love guys, and you want to see it go forward. My young boys at Cast Tech will tell you when I come back, 
and I'm like, yo, like this is what y'all got to do to win. This is what you need to do to win. I'm always mm-hmm. like, hey, take my number, take my number, take my number. Coach, what you got my number if you don't got it? Hey, listen, we at the end of the day, I want to see y'all succeed. Even though I'm not physically here, anything I can do for you, I will. Anything that y'all need to know, especially the defensive lineman, whatever you need to know about how to defeat this block better, how to get to the passer better, I'll help you out with that. I don't think that Shaq has done – you do have the right to say what you want when you've accomplished certain things in your career. Sure. But beyond that, you owe it to the game if you're going to keep talking about what you would do in this generation to pour into this generation right. as well. And I think he's missing that side of the cup. Uh, I, I really and truly – again, I think he's not wrong with most of the things he says. However, the Donovan Mitchell one, what other level is there? Did you watch him against the Nuggets last year? Yeah. Other than the only thing that he could have done that would make me say, or the only thing that he didn't do that I would like say, okay, there is another level. Defensively, clamping Murray. That was about it. That was the only thing that he could have done where it was like, all right, like this kid is in the he's he's teaching the master class on how to be a star, a superstar. That's it. Other than that, offensively, there was nothing you could say, Donovan. We Bro, need this for literally, the- literally, 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 literally. I could name you his first game, fifty-seven points. Second game, thirty points. Uh, game four, fifty-one points. Fifty-one point two fifty-point games in a series. Again, like that, and and that's another thing about it. When you give constructive criticism. When I criticize people, I know that I can be hard on people. If you ever seen the movie One Night in Miami, uh, if you haven't seen it, you got Amazon, go watch it. But if you've ever seen it, I don't want to spoil it too much for you, but Malcolm, Malcolm X was depicted as a very uh, fire and brimstone type of guy who was just up his friend Sam Cooke's behind about being more active in the movement and all that good stuff, civil rights movement and all that good stuff. With that being said, he didn't just say, get more active, you bum. You're a sellout and left it there. (laughs) He said a specific way. He Mm -hmm. said, the first time I ever saw you, you had a crowd moving and shaking with just your voice. The mics were cut off and you found a way with just your voice. Keep using your voice. He gave him a specific target. Do this with this. Shaq didn't say, hey, D. Mitch, I need to see you step up defensively. I need to see you erase their number one defensively. He just was like, hey, I, I think you got another level to go to. You're not there yet. I said it out loud. I wanted you to hear it. What do you think? Like, what is that? Here's what? another issue with that. Here's another issue with that. Donovan Mitchell is 24. I don't understand when we started putting a cap on players taking it to, quote, unquote, the next level. Not only did he specify what the next level is or isn't, he he is 24 years of age. Donovan Mitchell has plenty of time. What does Shaq do at the age of 24? Well... I give you an answer. Well, he got swept. What did he do the season that he was twenty five? Well, he got swept. What did he do the season when he was twenty six? Well, he got swept. It's time oh for players Lord. to develop. <laughs> oh <laughs> my Lord! Three for three. Who got preaching like he Malcolm X right now? I should have never bought up one night in Miami. <laughs> Lord, geez. hey, listen now. Now, if a young guy say something like that to Shaq. Shaq gonna probably punch a hole in him. Oh, oh, you know oh! He I mean? he'll, he'll break down. He'll have a nervous breakdown. He'll have a nervous breakdown, bro. We we might not see him on on uh, NBA tonight for a few few nights straight, man. Ooh, we that's that's some heat. That's you know what you know what. Sonny Vaccaro said that he watched uh, he watched Brown play for all the five minutes, and he said that's enough. That's it. That's all I need to see. 
That's what I'm going to do for this show. That's it. After Josh <laughs> just dropped that bomb on us, that's all I need to see, man. I know y'all tired of us talking about Shaq hating. I know y'all tired of me hating Brady. So we're going to let y'all get on out of here. But come back next week, the week after that, the week after that. Guy go have some more bars for you, man. Yeah, I don't know.